Hey there, and welcome to Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. There's Jerry. Let's get to it. <laughs> uh, I thought this was an interesting pick from you, mm-hmm. and I salute you because... Thank you. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm literally saluting you. I know. You I see, see my hand. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at it, too. You really are. <laughs> Look at how high and tight that is. You And you high did, like, tight. the little snap where your hand <laughs> yeah. kind of reverberates, you know? Oh, I hate a lazy salute. So, uh, yeah, I salute you because this is, um, people think of, they hear the words uh, Johnny Appleseed, they hear that name, mm-hmm. and immediately they think of the Disney version or they think of a uh, folktale. Mm-hmm. But uh, Johnny Appleseed was a real dude named John Chapman who planted apple trees. Yeah. It's one of those amazing, awesome myths that turns out to be virtually accurate. Yeah. So it's not a myth at all. No, not really. I mean, there's only like some stuff about about that legend that are that is somewhat mythical, but really most of it's pretty accurate. It's not like he had like a giant ox or anything that followed him around that was blue. No, that I mean, was like, Paul Bunyan. He was basically. <laughs> I think the thing, right? The thing that um, that that people usually get wrong in the retelling with with uh, Johnny Appleseed is that he was basically like the world's first flower child. Yeah. And that he was just basically like kind of traipsing along the frontier uh, at the turn of the, from the 18th to the 19th century, planting trees just because he loved nature. That is not correct necessarily. This guy did love nature. He's a businessman. He was, he, he was, he did this for like out of a business, a sense of business. For profit. You can say it. Sure. (laughs) But he was not like any kind of um, hard-nosed, hard-hitting, like, I'll come to your house and break your legs kind of businessman. He would never double-cross anybody or do something in business that would make someone else suffer. He apparently was well-known for never, ever reminding someone that they owed a debt. Yeah. He believed that the, uh, he believed the good Lord would tell that person, you need to go pay Johnny Appleseed because you owe him some money. And it really didn't matter anyway if you bothered him because they knew that they owed the debt. And who was he to go bug somebody and make them feel down? You never knew what someone was going through. So he was that kind of businessman. And yet, even with that mentality, even with that attitude, he had everything he needed in life and more, which was not necessarily substantial because he used to sleep on a bed of leaves and little uh, twig huts that he made of his own construction on the frontier. Well, let's talk about apples for a sec. Um, Apples, as far as we know, started out in uh, what we would call Kazakhstan today. They gained a lot of popularity in Rome Mm -hmm. because they grafted apples. And a lot of fruit trees, if you want them to grow in fruit like you are accustomed to or like you want them to, uh, you don't plant from seed. You you graft them, which is when you take a, a stem with a bud on it and through magic, <laughs> not technique as a gardener, sure. but through magic, you uh, graft that onto another tree instead of planting from seed. Right. Uh, and you would get a more reliable outcome, um, especially in the case of apples, because apparently growing apples from seed, if you have a, a wonderful red delicious apple and you go – spit a seed out into the ground, mm-hmm. you're, it might grow into something and maybe, I mean, obviously an apple tree, but it probably will not be a red delicious apple that you can eat. No, they're what are called spitters. Apples grown from seed were called spitters, at least <laughs> according according to this, um, this Smithsonian article that we found, um, because 
they are way, way sour. Like yeah. apples did not used to be like what we think of apples today. They were very, very sour, at least the ones grown from seeds. They were sour. Um, and Henry David Thoreau said, did I mention they were sour? Henry David Thoreau said that they would put a uh, squirrel's teeth on edge. That's pretty sour. That's super sour, and I love the way he put it. It's so folksy. Yeah. Now, he was a proto-hippie, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but this, these were the trees that Johnny Appleseed was planting. He was planting them from seed, um, not from grafting. And apparently one reason why he planted them from, from seed and not grafting was because he was a member of the uh, Swedenborgian church. Mork, mork, mork. Which, um, <laughs> which kind of held that plants could feel uh, and therefore, um, grafting was uh, inherently cruel because it could conceivably create suffering in the plant. So he grew from seed. All right. Let's take a break. Oh, wow. And we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about why John Chapman wanted to plant all these apples to begin with from mm. seed right after this. Right. So Mr. Chapman was from Ohio, and uh, it, it's funny. We don't know a lot about his early years. He was born in uh, – actually born in Massachusetts, but kind of lived his life in Ohio, I think, uh, for the most part, and which was the West at the time, which is funny, and said, all right, uh, here's the deal. The Ohio Company of Associates said, all right, you want to go out West and settle. If you want to form a permanent homestead beyond Ohio – then you could get a, you can get a hundred acres, mm-hmm. but what you have to do though is you have to plant fifty apple trees and twenty peach trees in three years. Um, I guess as an incentive to make the land rich with with plants. Well, also to show that you plan to be there in a few years when well, those sure. things started bearing fruit. It was it was a way to show that you meant to settle there permanently. I guess. Well, yeah, but it was it's not like build a house. I mean, it it had an agricultural benefit. I see what you mean. Yeah, I I guess that would have been part of it then too. Yeah. So, he says, "All right, he sees a business opportunity." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "If I can start heading west from Pennsylvania and I can get just ahead of these settlers and plant these things, like claim this land and plant these trees and these orchards, right. then I can turn around and sell them." At a much higher value. Yeah, because he improved the the land. He was the first squatter. (laughs) Kind of, in a way, I guess. But the other thing that I saw he did, too, was he would establish nurseries in the area as well. So if if you didn't buy a tract of land that he'd already developed, you could also still just come and buy his trees from him. Um, And he did this for decades, going up and down uh, the frontier, because the frontier kept kept growing sure. further and further west. And at first, I mean, when he when he first embarked out, and and I mean, we're talking Ohio. Ohio was the frontier. There was there was no United States beyond that. I don't think Ohio was even a state quite yet. So he's walking up and down these unsettled lands, um, like growing these orchards planting apple trees and then also creating nurseries. But at the same time, too, he was also serving as a uh, liaison between these incoming settlers and the the Native Americans who now now suddenly had neighbors whether they wanted them or not. Um, And he apparently uh, spent a lot of time learning 
the languages of the different tribes that he encountered, and they grew to trust him. And so he became an advocate for the settlers, uh, but also was able to advocate for the Native Americans too. Uh, he was just that kind of a guy. He was that. He was that. That's kind of the cut. The cloth he was cut from. I bet he put his mouth around a peace pipe or two. Right. Speaking of one of the first hippies. Sure. Uh, all right. So he's going around. He's planting all these apple orchards mm-hmm. and, and I guess presumably peach because he was required to. But he's not known as Johnny Peach Tree. No, just apple seed. Uh, or peach seed, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and he – here's the thing, though, with these apples. Like we said, because he's planting them from seed only and not grafting them, it's pretty wild. Like you, It's like the Wild West apple-wise. You don't know what's going to come up. Um, many times, like you said, they're much too sour to eat, but what they weren't too sour for is to make booze out of them mm-hmm. uh, in the form of cider, and cider was a big, big part of frontier life. Right. Like, they drank it. It's apparently um, New Englanders that transplanted out on the western edges of Ohio mm-hmm. <laughs> would drink uh, close to 11 ounces of hard cider per day, and it was a time when water quality was suspect, and you knew you could count on that cider. Right, because, I mean, it's alcoholic, so it's fermented, which means that any harmful bacteria has been killed. It can't really survive in an alcoholic drink, right? It's wonderful. So they would drink cider instead of water, which, by the way, 11 ounces, is it's like a bottle of cider today. No, it's not not too much. No, it's not, but everyone drank it every day instead of water. So there was, you know, a certain amount of buds going on, I'm sure. And who knows what the alcoholic content of the like cider a, was. What, 30%. <laughs> right. But that was, I mean, that was what apples were used for. Um, uh, I think Michael Pollan said that up until Prohibition, yeah. a, a, an apple in the United States had a much greater chance of being turned into hard cider than it did of just being eaten. And again, it was because most apples in the U.S. were grown from seed, meaning they were sour, meaning they were much better for cider than they were for eaten, right? And that's how it was, again, up until Prohibition. And one of the reasons why cider just kind of went away is because Prohibition. Apparently, the feds used to chop down apple trees wherever they saw them to kind of say, no, you're not going to make any cider out of this, you hayseed hick. Yeah. You got it? (laughs) I'm going to cut down this tree right in front of your face. Right, exactly. Uh, You like cider? Yeah, I love it. Yeah? Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, my initial introduction to cider was, you know, really sweet. Yeah. Like, I guess the first wave of the resurgence. Yeah, like back was, in college in those days. What was the one that everyone drank? Woodchuck. Yeah, that was it. Yep. It was basically the Zima of cider, at least back then. I haven't had it in a while, so maybe they've kind of toned is it, it down. Is it not as sweet now? I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. It, they may have toned it down. No, I sure. mean just regular hard cider. Oh, yes. And it's not supposed to be. It's, it was never supposed to be sweet. That was just a weird anomaly. So I think the cider now is much closer to the traditional cider, which is it's it's got like a tad bit of sweetness to it. But it's it's definitely a lot more um, beery than, than apple juicy. I'm going to have to dip my toe in the cider pond once again. Do not do that. Just drink it. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else on this guy? Johnny Appleseed? Yeah. Um, uh, no, I think I mentioned he was a sweet businessman. He was a friend to the Native <laughs> American and the, the, the European settler. Check um, and check. He. Uh, oh, there's supposedly a tree in uh, Nova, Ohio right. on a farm. It's a 175-year-old tree, and some people believe that it is the uh, the last remaining tree that can be found that 
Johnny Chapman, a.k.a. Johnny Appleseed, actually planted because, again, the Prohibition Federales chopped all his other stuff down. Amazing. So that's Johnny Appleseed, everybody. Drink it up. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email. You can do worse than that. Just send it off to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, 